Okay, welcome back to Pricking the Bubble. This is Mike the Llama, and uh, I can see licking his lips in the background. Uh, Dr. Brent Raven, how you doing over there? Uh, not not bad at all, uh, Mike the Llama. An, an, another week in um, in this virtual prison of ours. Nice. And, uh, not dramatic what, at all. What, what can I say? No, doing well, doing well. Can't really complain. What, what have we got on for this week? Well... Uh, I do, first of all, I'd like to point out your morning voice is very good. Now, Audio Pete, I'd like to say hello to you over there. Morning, Mike Delama. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm going well. And morning, morning Doctor. Hey, Audio Pete, your head is looking, why is your head taking up half my screen? Because <laughs> you're speaking so quietly, my head really close to my device. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, I, so I, I my, my volume that. is proportional to your head size. Correct. <laughs> Inversely with, with my proportional. audio skills, I haven't managed to. Turn my speaker on my phone, so I have to All just right. listen to you. Hang on, slurping, slurping some this coffee. This is why he's not called technology, Pete. Yeah. All right. Now, I think I, I need a new nickname, my incompetent <laughs> Now, I'm going to do my uh, lame introduction that I always do. So, guys, by our very nature, humans like to solve puzzles. Would you agree with that? Uh, Thanks. Thanks for the groan. No groan I'm taking as a yes in this early hours of the morning. Well, it depends on the puzzle, but, yeah, I'll take that on board. Okay, yeah, but so like things like puzzles. trivia nights, crosswords. Yeah. Uh, okay. Some people well, like to pull apart a car and fix them. Uh, many of us watch whodunit shows on TV. Why do we do that? We want to help solve the, pro- the, the crime. We want to, you know. I do. I, I do. I, I, I'm partial to a whodunit. This is true. Excellent. Uh, when I was a kid, my favourite book was called The Black Hand Gang, and it was a, a kid's story, but it gave you all these clues, and then you'd look at a picture on the side, and you had to try, and it's not quite like a Where's Waldo or Where's Wally type situation, but you had to try and find the clues and the hints in the page, and I think that was probably the early thing that got me interested in trying to solve crimes, or at least find clues or hints to um, things that are going on. Get on, on. with it. So today, <laughs> we have a special guest. I will, I will describe her as a prominent online sleuther. That sounds like a good okay. idea. It sounds good. Her eyebrows raised. And prominent founder of the very... Never quiet. heard of this. Go on. Okay. And founder of the very excellent online community, Web Sleuths, and an all-round clever cookie. I will say, straight from the USA, I'd like to welcome Tricia Griffith. Thank you. And I really appreciate it, gentlemen. I am looking forward to speaking with you and uh, hopefully getting people in Australia to come on over to websluice.com. Yeah, we love it's, it's a good place. People. We love them. They're the best. Very good. Wow. Cool. So so we, we've, we've gone international. We have. <laughs> we have. Absolutely. Okay, Lots. web sleuths. So mm-hmm. someone's presumably going to tell us what this is all about. If only I, there I, was someone here to tell us exactly what that was about. So, <laughs> Tricia, could you just give us a bit of a background about not yes. just web sleuths but yourself and, and – well, I can. The, the problem is my Reader's Digest, my short version of the story, is really long, so I'll even <laughs> more. Um, I got interested in true crime because I was approached by Ted Bundy when I was a teenager. Wow. Um, yeah. Fortunately, uh, I didn't take the bait, and I was able to, to walk away from him, but it kept me going all the time. And then... After seven years, 17 years of marriage, I had a baby. So I was home for the first time in my life. And that was when the internet was really big. It was 1996, or just starting to get big. Mm. Then I heard about the John JonBenet Ramsey case. So I jumped online, and I saw these 
discussion forums and like, oh my gosh, these people are amazing. So I jumped into that because I had a little baby at home and I did nothing else but, you know, sleep for an hour and a half, feed, get up, change diapers, sleep. It was it good was, times. Yes, good times, good times. So the internet really um, helped me to get through the, the first few months of uh, no sleep. But I found out all about the JonBenet Ramsey case and I became almost obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Well, then I started joining these discussion forums and uh, I actually uh, owned a smaller one called forumsforjustice.org where we did deal just with the JonBenet Ramsey case. And then in 2004, uh, I was offered to purchase websleuths.com, which was a really small forum back then. And when you went on it, it was mostly people threatening each other. You're in where you live. Oh, screw you. You're going to hell. I can bet, you know, it was awful. It was a snake pit. So I went in and I banned a bunch of people, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of threats on my life. I, I mean, it was, um, it was amazing how upset people get. Mm-hmm. over not being able to join a forum. But um, anyway, so we went on for a few years. And then about 2008, uh, the moderators and myself decided we need to tighten the rules, really tighten the rules, because bullying was still going on. Mm-hmm. There were still rumors. And so what we did was we we changed the playing field. We said no more rumors, no more bullying. If you disagree with somebody, you have to be polite or you'll be kicked off. And you can't accuse some random guy or, or woman of murder just because they lived in the neighborhood. You have a solid mainstream media link to whatever you're going to say. You can that offer thing, evidence. Yeah, that old thing, that ridiculous <laughs> thing, evidence. You can talk about your theories, but your theories can't include innocent people who are just going about their daily life. And then I banned a whole bunch of troublemakers. Everybody said, you, you've just ruined it. You've ruined it. Nobody is going to stay here. And I thought he was right. I thought they were right. Mm. And because people started leaving. I'm like, oh, my God, I did. I made it too tight. It's too tight. And then what happened was people started coming out slowly and then out of the woodwork. And they said, thank you. We needed a place to discuss this without worrying about being attacked. And shortly after that, uh, the Casey Anthony case hit and Mm. Webster took off because of our tight rules, our tight moderation. And uh, it's a great place where you can go and just discuss the case. And I'll tell you what, gentlemen, every time I go there, if I look at the IP addresses, there are people from all police stations, all law enforcement all over the world. Wow. Several several from Australia, I might yeah. add, that are reading there. So law enforcement reads there all the time, even though they never give us any credit that they yeah. do. <laughs> but what we do, we don't solve cases. That's what a lot of people think. We don't because we don't have what the police have, but we do try and think outside of the box and try and, you know, talk about what we do know. The other thing that makes Web Sleuths different is if somebody comes on and says, hey, uh, you know, my name is Dr. Raven and here's what I know. We immediately uh, stop him from posting, contact him and say, you have to prove to us you're a doctor. You need to send me personally. Thank your, goodness we're not doing that with this show, but go on. <laughs> I won't ask for proof, I promise. But And then under your name, we will put verified MD. And so what we do now is when people come on and they claim to be an expert in something, they either can get verified or they can't post as an expert. And 99% of the time they do get verified. And we know their real names and we've seen their, when I say we, I mean me, mm-hmm. and we've seen their you know, certificates or whatever. 
so the people on WebSleuths know that they've been vetted and they are who they say they are and mm. to give what they say more weight. So uh, we have thousands and thousands of different case discussions going on 24 hours a day and it it's free. You just come over and sign up, need a, uh, an email. That's it. A free email would work. It's, it's one of those sites that uh, once you begin, you can't, you've got to look everywhere and it's just, it's amazing the, the stuff that's there. I've had people uh, email me, in fact, on a regular basis. They say, please ban me. This is going to ruin, <laughs> you know, so they want, they just, because you come, become obsessed and I get it. I was there, you know, I did the same thing. Mm. So it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Yeah, you no, said so. So, so the, it existed before you took it on, but yes. you had you actually had to buy it off someone else. Well, they wanted to give it to me first because they were so sick of it. They just absolutely just despised it. Wow. And I said, I'm not going to take it from you, but I will buy it from you because I wanted it to be legal. Because there's a lot of drama that happens on the internet, and um, it was interesting. This I think WebSleuths actually started in 1999. And every time it reached a fever pitch, pitch of, I'm going to sue you, I'm going to kill you, you know, just horrible threats and everything, boom, it would crash and mm. lose all of the posts. Wow. And it did that several times. So it's sad. I've had it since 2004, and the last time it crashed was 2003. And so, you know, I just found that interesting that the two correlations would happen. The bad threats, boom, crash, everything's wiped out. But as, so it only goes back to 2003. But yeah, and I came in and with the help of moderators, I've got to say, I cannot take all this credit. The moderators have been fantastic because it's all volunteer. This is all mm. volunteer. So it's been great. I, um, when I visit, I, I think of it as kind of in two sections. You have at the start of each case, there are the effectively documentation. So it's, it's all the facts and then there's the section where people can actually discuss things and, and kind of, you know, drill down or ask questions. So for, just as a resource, it's actually uh, really handy for each case. Um, but I don't want to skip over something you said at the start. And I know this is the thing that that probably people will ask ask you about. Tell us about that Ted Bundy <laughs> situation. I know it's probably a bit traumatic, but that, that I hadn't heard that before. You know, for years I didn't discuss it because yeah. it was traumatic. Yeah. Uh, somebody about 10 years ago said, you've really got to start telling people. Mm. And he, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, <clears throat> we have, uh, you have malls there, right? Like yeah. indoor, big, yeah. So it was, I was 15 and I actually was able to wear like a size six, which I, I mean, the last time I was anything lower than a size six, I was a fetus. <laughs> so, you know, I just, oh, I thought I was so fat, but anyway, and I had uh, light brown hair parted in the middle long. And it was the first time that I was allowed to go shopping by myself for my school clothes. It was in September or October. Mm. And it was fall. And I remember walking into the main store, which was called Sears. And you walk in, go through Sears, and then it emptied out into the inside mall with all the other stores. So my brother dropped me off. And I'm walking in Sears, you know, just happy to be there. And this guy comes up. And he's he's cute. He's really cute. And he's dressed in brown khakis. I thought he was in the military, although it wasn't like a military khaki. But that's just what I thought. Mm. And I was so boy crazy. 
I said, oh my God, he's gorgeous. And we're walking along, he goes, hey, how are you? And I said, well, I'm fine, how are you? And we're shoulder to shoulder. And he's looking down at me and I'm looking up because he's taller than me. And he goes, oh, I'm great. He says, I'm trying to find, find this store called ZCMI. And at that time, the store, ZCMI, was not in the mall we were in. It came later, but at this point, it was in another mall. And so I said, oh, my gosh. I said, you're lost. I said, ZCMI is in the Cottonwood Mall. And he laughed and he goes, kind of threw his head back. Oh, God. Listen, will you ride with me and show me how to get there? Oh, God. Now, you know, back then we didn't have serial killers. There wasn't the, the information that we have now. But something about him when he said, will you ride with me, scared me. Mm. And I put my head down and I said, no, I can't. And I'm walking in the mall, walking toward the entrance of the mall. And he's walking with me. And, you know, shoulders are touching. He's going, come on, come on. Well, listen, just come out. Just come out and point me in the right direction. Now, I got to tell you, gentlemen, if he had asked that first, I think I would have done it. Mm. Because, you know, we're taught to be kind and, and helpful and Somebody would have said, hey, come point me where I need to drive. I think I would have done it. But thank God he didn't do that first. He did it in the wrong order. He did it in the wrong order. Yeah. But you, and, you, when, you, when, you, when that happened, obviously, you, you didn't know that that was Ted Bundy. No, I didn't know until a couple of years later. Yeah. I'll tell you what happened. But, and, and I'll tell you why I felt so damn guilty about it. So we're walking, and I remember he had – I looked up, and he had, like, little – beads of sweat on his lip he's like come on just come on come out with me and i looked up and i right then i saw my cousin who was old enough to be my mother and i went there's my mom and i ran over to her and i turned around and he was gone mm. and i was talking to her i was like oh my god this guy was following me and he was so creepy and so i didn't want to close shop i went into the mall and they had a bank of uh pay phones and i called my brother i said come get me this guy's scaring me you know we'll meet here and so he came and he picked me up and i look and he's got a big hammer in the car i mean a big hammer and i said what what's that for and he goes let's i'm just gonna that, <laughs> okay let's go find that son of a bitch i'll kill him i'm like are you nuts he has a lot of anger issues he yeah. couldn't wait to I literally bash his head in and i'm like oh my god all i can see is my brother going to jail i said crazy you didn't do anything wrong you just creeped me out he's like no let's go find him and i'm like no no we're going home wow. so okay a few weeks later um and, and during this time young women all around salt lake had been missing mm -hmm. uh one of them was the police chief's daughter oh. even and um they, scary stuff man very scary well, a few weeks later, they arrested a guy who had tried to kidnap a woman from Fashion Place, the same mall I was in. Mm. But she got away. Her name was Carol DeRanch. And I remember watching it, and they pulled him in, and he, he was puffy. He had puffy face and, like, a five-day beard. Looked really like a scuff, scuffy, dirty-smelling guy. So I me. Never, yeah, there you go. <laughs> like you. But I, I, made, I didn't make the connection at all. Because he didn't look anything like him, you know, and it was a big story. Well, they got him for kidnapping and he was found guilty and they sent him to um, Boulder, Colorado, and he escaped. They caught him mm -hmm. again. He escaped again. And that's when he went to Florida and killed all right. those women. So anyway, a couple years later, I get up in the morning and my brother and my dad are reading the paper and I look 
and they have, uh, I, I want to say seven pictures that always comes to my mind, but all these different pictures of these men. And I went, I looked, I'm like, oh my God, Craig. I said, that's the guy in Fashion Place. And the title, I believe, was The Seven Faces of Ted Bundy. And it talked about how he could change his looks drastically in a moment's notice. And my brother, being a big brother, you see, if you'd let me beat the shit out of him, maybe those women would still be alive. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't say that. I know. I mm. And logically, I know that. But emotionally, I'm like, I'm just, ugh. Oh, anyway, dear. so I called somebody. I can't remember who. It, but it was a name in the newspaper. I, for some reason, I'm thinking it was a county prosecutor. And Anyway, I called him and I said, I don't know if this will help now. I said, but I can put him at Fashion Place a few weeks before he tried to kidnap the woman that she got away from. And he goes, well, why didn't you call us? And I said, because I didn't know it was him. I said, God, when, when you arrested him, he looked like a completely different person. And he asked me the details I told him. And he said, yep, you're a lucky girl. That's our Ted. Wow. Yeah. So every every so often, my brother still brings that up to me because you oh, know, I'm, I'm not erotic enough as it is. So <laughs> it was um, that really that and the Manson family murders really got me into true crime. And back then, mm-hmm. this was you know 1974, I think it was. So we didn't have anything. Mm. First book I think was Helter Skelter, and then Anne Rule wrote about Ted yeah, Bundy. Yeah. We had books. Stranger Beside Me, is that the one? Yes, Mm. yes. And then we had um, Lifetime Television for Women, which I felt like the clouds had opened up and the heavens started singing because I couldn't believe. We had 24 hours of uh, made-for-TV movies about murder. It was Mm. like heaven. And then the Internet came, and then it just went out of control. Exploded. Wow, that's that's nuts. I (laughs) I can't even imagine. It was crazy. But the, the, the U.S. does have, like, you know, court TV as well, and and, we and yeah. right. We didn't back then. We didn't have anything, but now, now true crime is a huge multi-billion-dollar business. Multi-billion, jeez. Yeah. Oh, well, In what yeah. way? I mean, how how well, is it a how is it a business? I mean, if I, I mean, I'm I'm sort of wondering. You you don't charge anything. You, you said people can come to your website. There, it's free. They they join your forum for free. Um, you know if if I may pry, uh, how how do you support sure. the website? How do you make the money? Here's what I do. We have advertising on our website. Right. And, and that's it. That's It just comes on, and if we get a view from somebody, then we get a, a few pennies, and that's how it works. Now, um, it takes a lot to make a living on a website like that. Yeah, it so, would. Yeah, so I started my YouTube channel, which is a live stream, which I'm, I'm doing tonight, um, to help with that. And on the YouTube, people give donations to you, and you know if they like you, they'll they'll join for a certain amount per, per month. But what I mean by a billion dollar business, you have these uh, multimedia corporations that all they do are true crime. They have um, you know books, they have movies. I mean, look at Eileen Warnos, look at that movie. How many hundreds of millions did that make? You know, it's just true crime is a moneymaker for a lot of people. Not for me, (laughs) but for a lot of other people, it really is. And one of the reasons that I wanted, that I I took over the smaller forum and I wanted WebSleuths was I found out 
that there were a lot of people out there, and this is 2001, 2002, 2003, there were a lot of people out there that were very lonely but had a lot to offer, and they didn't think they mattered. And it was heartbreaking. And so I've, I've always tried to let everyone know that they matter, their opinions matter. I want to hear their opinions. They're smart, they're needed, and they're wanted. And so, that's one of the this, things for web group. So you're not you, you're not interested in, in making it a money maker for you. I mean, what would you have to oh, do yes. to make it a money maker for you? I, I well, I would love to make it a money maker. I I used to be able to pay out of my own pocket, but now I can't. No, I live off what I earn on WebSleuths and YouTube, and I also have have a side job doing voice work. Mm. And you know, it's it's I scratch by most months, but to make it, you know the what people keep telling me to do is charge a fee, charge a fee to become a member. And I'm like, I will never do that. Never. Because mm. I don't want anybody because here's the deal. Five bucks a month. That's somebody's meal. And that people can't afford that. They can't afford 99 cents. I never want anyone to feel that they are any less because they can't join websluice.com. Yeah, no, so, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And so I'm just I'm really hoping that my YouTube channel keeps going and going and that will help i I've, I've got to got to figure something out because i'm getting old <laughs> you know so. nice yeah look uh, i uh, i applaud you for everything you've done with that i mean even even from the beginnings it makes my story of why i got into this thing a bit pissy reading a book but you um you know you've got a very good uh <laughs> very good reason to take in of taking an interest so it just uh, i think don't you think though everybody wants to talk about true crime if you bring it up to one of your sure. friends and they just go really wow that's wild you know and then you start talking about all the weird ones like the cannibals and the you know boiling of heads and pots and i don't know if, oh, i don't know i don't know if everyone wants to talk about it oh, I, mean, I think i, I, I think I'm, they do no yeah. they don't come well, on i can share, share a, a an interest in this we both i think we both read all the john douglas books didn't we yeah, i was wondering when when you were going to uh, pipe in audio pete <laughs> again i think we're going to call you silent pete <laughs> look i'd like to be on. silent while other people are speaking no but you need to interrupt you need to jump in there and get your voice heard go go for you it shut shut up. Up. go <laughs> So, Audio Pete, yeah, John Douglas, we've both read those things. Yeah. We've, in fact, I think we've shared some of those books with each other. So I haven't read any of them, did, so I have no idea what you guys are on about. I'm a bit paranoid. Uh, like, I'd always be thinking, um, my brother was a police police officer for many years. I used to tell him, tell him to take Peeping Tom seriously. That's, that's the first step into becoming a serial killer. You know, there was all these little clues and things like that that these serial killers had in common, and I used to tell him about these things, <laughs> Watch out for this sort of person. Watch out for that sort of person. Well, and it did make me a little bit, um, especially because I had young kids at the time. I had two, have two daughters. I have two daughters, and uh, and I'd be giving them advice about, you know, what happens if they're approached, uh, uh, so that they wouldn't, uh, like Patricia, like uh, have the feeling that oh, I should be polite because I don't know if it's a female thing that oh, you should always be polite, and um, if someone asks you to do something, you should try to do it, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and and try to arm them with tools to to be able to fend that off, fend mm -hmm. that sort of, um, or to be able to recognise when they're being uh, manipulated. All right. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I do watch a lot of true crime. Um, there's quite a lot of really good YouTube channels on true crime. There's uh, 
there's a channel that I watch uh, called That Place, and it's uh, it's an Irish guy that gets on there, yeah, and and gets on there and talks about true crime, and I find him really really good. Yeah, I I I think it's all in the presentation, but um, you know the 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 thing that I don't like, I guess, about true crime is that it really Man, it makes you remind you of how sh- terrible people are. And, it and makes it, you really scared, and 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 I'm not scared for myself. I'm scared for my child. That's yeah. that. Yeah, I mean that's so f- for me and my wife. My my wife watches it as well. Like she watches true crime all the time, and she'll often come up to me, you know, and you know, oh, I've watched this, and she's in tears. She's right. in absolute tears. And it's like, well, you know, you can't keep watching this stuff it's, if it's stressing you out like this. And that's true. You know, so, so it's not, it's not about I don't want to watch it, and it's not about it's not interesting. It's more that if you continue to watch it, you're pretty much in danger of locking yourself in your own house. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you're but right. You mean like we are now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Arguing with each other. Absolutely. No, but you're right. You are right, Dr. Raven. And, yeah. and I wish I had 10 cents for every time. Because <laughs> then you'd have 10 cents. I'd yeah. have 10 cents. Boom. That's. <laughs> and Pete, I'm so glad to hear that you're teaching your daughters how that it's okay to say no to strangers because we are taught to be polite, especially women. And I, I applaud you for that. I went and saw John Douglas speak uh, about the John Benny Ramsey case about uh, 20 years ago. And he talks about how he, you know, because he helped develop the behavioral science at the FBI. And he talks about what he had to do with his girls. He taught them that, he, that they were never to look into a stranger's eyes. If a guy, even a woman, smiled at them, they were not to smile back because he had had so many cases where a girl smiling at a, a serial killer, that's all it took, mm. you know. And um, he... He took his, I can't remember the exact story, but he went to a merry-go-round at a park or at a a fair. And he looked around and he could tell who the pedophiles were because they had cameras. And they're quickly taking pictures of the kids. But, I mean, literally he was adamant that his girls not look at strangers and smile back ever. Now, Audio Pete, are you aware of the unsolved double murder in your suburb no from, uh, well, from I, 1990 i uh i can tell you about another double uh murder but well, not be- an unsolved before one. you do there's unsolved one in st andrews where you are you we can say that because you've said it before um from 1990 and recently as recently as august there was a million dollar reward put up for information about that Wow. Ooh, t- you're going to have to tell me now. <laughs> I'll give you all the information. Maybe, so you can maybe if I win, I can buy a house. Now, are you also familiar with the uh, disappearance of uh, Bung Siraboon? Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's the suburb next to me. Yes. And that happened when we moved in 10, horrible, 10 or so years case. ago. And my daughter was about, you know, five or six. Uh, Dr. Raven. You live very close to the areas where the gangland, Melbourne gangland wars were yes. happening back in the uh, 90s and early 2000s. Yes. 
all these things are not that far away. <laughs> so no, they're not. No, no, they're not. And and it's 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 horrible, man. It's really really horrible. And they're not far away. And I mean, I'm I, I feel exasperated sometimes. It's you, you know what do you do? What do you do? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, it, maybe it, you it, go to web sleuths and you read through and see if there's any information that you know, or if there's uh, something that triggers a memory, or uh, absolutely, you know, it just helps to know that other people are going through what you're going through, just to band together. Well, sometimes, sometimes you're a jigsaw piece, and you don't know that someone else has another piece of the jigsaw, and putting them together helps make the picture a bit clearer. So, exactly, you know, there's a lot going on. Even just last two weeks ago. Just across the road, I'm pointing out the side there, someone got stabbed <laughs> and and killed. Uh, we don't have a lot of guns here. I, I just, I, I, even though even though I watch a lot of, like I said, I do watch true crime. I may even read some whatever. I mean, I prefer to watch these days because I've done enough reading in my life. Um, <laughs> so I, I do prefer to watch. You know all the words? I know all, all the words. I do. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess... In a lot of ways, I just sit there and and I'm I'm often just flabbergasted the, the how humans are and how people are. It just. But are you what? fascinated? Are you fascinated to the point of not wanting to know more, or are you fascinated to the point of wanting to know more? I don't know, to be honest. I, I genuinely, genuinely don't know. I just find it frightening. I, I, it's not that I want to be ignorant. I don't want to be ignorant of anything, but. I, I just find it so frightening to learn about people and how they act and and yeah I mean I live in I live in an area where there were a lot of and potentially still are a lot of gangland killings um, and that frightens me um, you know and often every every uh, couple of years maybe you, you do hear about like unsolved cases like Bungasirabun mm. for example I mean that case alone that just absolutely frightens me to the core mm. i've got a little girl I, and at some point i'm gonna have to let that little girl live her own life live independently and that absolutely frightens me to the core it really really does what do you do i don't know and and so this is why educate well it's the only way right you have to um um educate rather than indoctrinate and 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 hopefully it all comes across my, my point is um, it, it just frightens me to uh to read about these things because if i read more and more and more um there's a good chance i'm going to lock her in the basement <laughs> exactly i've always said i after i became a parent i understand michael jackson putting veils over his kid's face and locking him in the house. I mean, mm. I I'm do. glad I that's the part you understand about Michael Jackson. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only part. But, you know, I, I mean, I get it. And Dr. Raven, I know exactly what you mean. But let me tell you, the one thing I have discovered over the years is this. The good people that come out and help and that are decent and, and wonderful far outweigh the bad. We just hear about the bad all the time, and mm. because of what the bad people do, yeah. it it uh, you know it sticks in our brains. But you're right about your children, about your daughters, and about your sons. You're gonna have to let them go sometime. You just have to make sure they're educated and aware, and realize that real friendly people that they don't know may be up to no good and may be there to hurt them. Mm. So just be very careful. Never meet a stranger. 
If you meet somebody you don't know, you do it in a public place. You don't do it at their house. If you're going to go buy something or if you're going to sell something, never do it at somebody's home. You know, it's just you just have to be very careful, Mm. very careful. And do do background checks on the people. Do background checks on the people that your kids are dating. Well, oh, it's well. I don't know how we would do that in Australia. Yeah, sure. I don't know if we do that can do that sort of thing oh, here. Oh, sure. Australia tends it. Australia tends to be very permissive. Australia is one of these countries that likes to play with the big boys, but is pretty hopeless overall. Slack, I think, is the word you're looking <laughs> yeah. for, isn't it? Yeah. The only thing the only thing this country worries about is how many gold medals it wins. Oh, here we go. Oh. Um, but. But no, um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, look, I don't think you, I don't think we can do background checks on people here. It's all there's all these privacy rules, and 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 we don't have a lot of companies like there are in the US that that do these sorts of things. We, I don't think there's a culture here of private detection, if you like. Um, I mean, they exist obviously, but I don't think there's a real culture of it. But the one right. thing I, th- th- there is one thing I wanted to say, having lived in the US and specifically having lived in Texas. Um, what I always found interesting was, and, and I, I sort of formed this conclusion um, after I came back, what I found interesting was I, I think the economy in the US is actually driven by crime um, and by fear. There's, there's a, there, there seems to be a very fear-driven economy over there. Um, you Such know. as? Well, well. For example, uh, be be afraid that people are going to attack you. Be afraid that people are going to come to your house and steal from you. Therefore, you should buy this alarm. Um, be afraid that uh, you know you might get sued. Therefore, you should uh, hire this lawyer. I mean, the, the 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 top three ads I think on the TV when I was there were were around protecting your home and your family. Uh, protecting yourself from getting sued, um, t- t- protecting your life, so buy life insurance or buy these drugs to keep your life going. And the fourth type of ad that was quite prevalent was erectile dysfunction. Um, so <laughs> Maybe I mean, you were just I, paying more attention to that. Look, I would say when I was there, certainly in 2005, pretty much most of the ads were about lawyers. And I, I yeah. for me, it was like, wow, there's a lot of lawyers <laughs> going on. But maybe that's maybe you're missing the point, Dr. Raven. That's not causing Doesn't sound it. like me, but anyway. <laughs> that's right. Maybe that is actually a reflection of what's needed rather than it being forced upon it because you yeah, know there's okay. a lot of crime. You know there's a lot of people suing each other. Um, it can't just be because those things are available because those things are available to us here as well. Um, so I, I just – maybe we could ask an American. If only we knew one. And here's one. <laughs> Ask away. Tell me the specific question. Oh, do you what do you think? What do you agree with, Dr. Raven? Do you think that the crime rate is is um, the reason you have so many of those, those ads, or do you think the ads are feeding into the fear, or is it maybe it's a combination of the two? Um, I think it's a little bit of a combination of of both things, because you know we have the internet, and we have things like ring camera where people you know, have their cameras on their, their doors, by, by their doorbells, and they yeah. catch creepy people. And then they put that up, and that makes you think, oh, I want to buy a ring camera. <laughs> Safety is a big issue here in the U.S., but I don't think that's why it's 
the, the, the uh, ads are not causing the safety issues at all. It's because we all have a neighbor or a loved one or perhaps one of us that we have had an experience with violent crime mm-hmm. and we want to be safe. So it is a little bit of a combination of both, but I think mostly it's because we do have these issues here and now they've just made a market. When I say they, I mean all the people advertising. They've just latched onto it mm-hmm. and the market you know, determines what is needed. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. so that's it. yeah, that's what I think. Uh, it's it's yeah look it's interesting um it's it is interesting so with with true crime when i mean when the discussions are happening around true crime is true crime only um is true crime only for example uh murder and and that sort of mayhem because there's all all these other different types of crimes of course you know there's right. white collar crime there's uh, crimes often that the police in the U.S. will commit. Um, you know, there's crimes uh, which are financial crimes. Uh, do all of those things get discussed as well? Do you well? mean on the on the website or in general? In, in well, in I suppose they do in general, but uh, yeah, on the website. I mean, do well. Yeah, let me web sleuths. The topics we have are de- are chosen by the members, and they all pick murders, kidnappings, missing people, you know, uh, there are other weird crimes that people put up. But the thing about WebSleuths is people, when they put up a discussion, they want other people to join it. You know, and if you put up a discussion that uh, somebody's bike was stolen, nobody's going to care. (laughs) So there is an element of, you know, flashiness, I guess, or an element of, oh my gosh, I can't believe that really happened. You know, in the TV shows, if it's a white collar financial crime lots of tv shows cover that it's interesting you know um right now there's a big uh uh, trial going on about a company named theranos yep yep i'm Uh, following it yeah i am too it's fascinating so it's not always murder and mayhem but i will say mostly it's murder and mayhem Right, but take take that as the example, Theranos. Okay, There's, that that's like massive at the moment. Um, Dr. Raven, there... give us the one sentence summary of what that's about. What Theranos? Yes, give us the one one sentence summary. It, it, it's uh, this this um, uh, Elizabeth Holmes who basically uh, uh, came apparently came up with a device that allows oh, you the to blood. Thing. Yeah, oh, okay. that that, right. that allows you to do this raft of crazy tests with just a single drop or a single sample of blood, and pretty much, you know, if you look at all the evidence in front yeah, of you, she it was all it. fraud. Is it, shouldn't yeah. she just be in jail? Isn't that the end of the story? Well, you you would think that this that's that's what I find fascinating. You look at a, a case like that, and you know, to any person, to any normal person, it's obvious. It's obvious what's going on. You know, she defrauded people of. Yeah, she's a con and, and, woman. Yeah. yeah, she defrauded people of about nine billion dollars, and a lazy uh, and yeah, nine she, billion. She, yes. Yeah, she should, and she should probably be in jail. Um, yes. But of Even course, you said probably. Why did you say probably? She should definitely be in jail. Well, if I mean, you did uh, that, would you expect to go to jail? I don't know. I, I, I say probably because you always have to leave room for yourself to discover some new facts. So. And and that's what, what, the court, what facts would make nine billion dollars being stolen less? Well, I don't I don't know, but I mean, you again, I'm just leaving a little bit of leaving it open there, leaving it a bit of room. Um, All right. 
But the thing is, you know, reality is you probably won't end up in jail because the, the American system seems to punish those people with least amount of money um, and those people with more amount of money. I think that happens seem, here a bit as well. Well, it does, yeah. <laughs> it, it does. I mean, the Australian system in, in a large way is, is reflective of the American system. So, um, so yeah, she'll probably get off scot-free. But I'm saying that, what I'm trying to say in, in the context of this discussion, that is a very real crime. It is very much in the media at the moment. It's fascinating. I'm following it. I followed it. I followed the rise and the fall. And there's a whole 10 shows that could be made about that one incident. It's fascinating in so many ways. Um but yeah, I take your point, uh, Tricia, that the most of the cases discussed are going to be murder, mayhem, and and all of that sort of but stuff. But the reason for that is because it's very hard to relate to a billion dollars being stolen, but it is easy to relate to your kid getting kidnapped or oh, you getting attacked by someone. So that's oh why those God, things... You're making yeah. my skin crawl at the mention of that. You really are. My skin is just like, you know, crawling right now. No, here is one of, the, one of the great motivators. So that's what we're talking about before about about why it interests so many people. This topic is because it taps into one of our primal primal motivators, which is fear. Mm. Um, talking about white uh, corporate crime doesn't doesn't make your spine. You right. Know, exactly. So well, it um, makes it, it, it makes you sort of cringe back. But you're right, Audio Pete. It doesn't make you. It it, it doesn't come from the spine, right? It, you, you sort of sit there and you think, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's a good way of putting it. it to, to put it crudely, I'd say that more pisses you off, whereas the yeah. other one makes you scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. See, so, so we do agree sometimes. No, that's yeah, a, I know. From th- mark that's, it down, everyone. Yeah. That's a. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, the other one, the first one pisses you off. That's a good way of saying it. And the and, and the other one just makes you shit scared. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. that's it's the other motivator. Greed, greed, and fear. They're great motivators. And the corporate crime is the greed aspect, whereas uh, murder and kidnapping and that that taps into the fear and uh, yeah. Around so trousers. We're talking yeah. about two well, different but I wanted to go types back. of motivated crime. And I wanted to go back to, uh, to to something you said though, um, Tricia, a, a, about about your kids and teaching your kids and don't look at strangers in the eyes and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem, in a lot of ways, it, to me, it doesn't seem like that's really realistic. It's not realistic, to, I think, to say to people or to say to your child. Um, you know, don't look at a stranger in the eye. Sometimes you have to do that because you have to communicate. And that's, and, and in fact, looking at someone in the eye is in many ways what's going to give you cues yes. as to whether they are a good person or a bad person. But that's the usually old, for good people. It's the, old, bad... the old adage of, you know, the eyes being the window to the soul and all of that sort of stuff. You know, so so in a lot of ways, you do sort of have to look at people in the eye. Um, and also, I think it's it's again, it's unrealistic to lock up your kids and never let them out of the house. And it's unrealistic to be in a situation where your kids are not going to meet strangers. Your kids aren't going to have sleepovers. I mean, my 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 own daughter is getting to a point where she will probably want to have sleepovers okay. at friends places. And I'm not totally comfortable with that. I, 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 I may have met the parents, but I don't know their background. Right. Trisha, do you know? we uh, do we talk about the uh, 
the unfortunate murder I've forgotten her name that and who got murdered at a sleep or taken kidnapped from a sleepover. Last one of my. Oh dear my friends. God! Yes. Yeah. Uh, my that, God. No, you should. Here's the thing. Make sure you do talk to the parents and don't be afraid to ask. Do you lock your windows and doors? Because mm. let me tell you, if a window would have been locked, this young woman's life would have been saved. She was yeah, 11 it's... at her house having a sleepover. And this guy had been watching her. This is 1993. He'd been watching her. Nobody reported the weirdo in the neighborhood. And he opened the window, went in, tied up the two uh, other 11-year-olds, and took Polly. And back then, they didn't want to alert the public or the rest of the police. So they kept it like, so it didn't go out over the big police scanner. So nobody knew that this girl had been kidnapped. And the this guy actually got his car stuck. Yeah, pulled over as well. Yeah. Oh, like the cops yeah. came. Yeah. The cops came and helped him pull out of a ditch while Polly was in his trunk. And they didn't know anything about it because the uh, the the police had decided they didn't want to publicize there might be a possible kidnapping. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he was she was found um, and she had been uh, obviously murdered, and the guy should never have been out of prison, first of mm, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a monster before he went in. And it, at the trial, and he had all, he just became uh, fixated with Polly, didn't know her, just saw her one day walking, followed her. And no, like I said, nobody reported the weirdo. Now we do that, thank goodness. Yeah. But um, what happened was in court, he was allowed to get up and give a statement. This is what? so offensive. Oh, it is, so, it is awful. Why he was allowed to do that, I don't know. But he got up there and he said that right before he killed Polly, she said, and I quote, just don't do to me what my dad did to me. And Mark Class, her father, was in uh, the courtroom and he jumped up and he went after him. And they had to pull him back. I'm like, And they they took Mark out. I'm like, no, you should have taken that son of a bitch Mm. out. Mark Class, you know, and he had every I wish they would have let him at him because I think it was killed him but it was so awful and terrible Just and now, now things have changed completely mark has spent the rest of his life trying to keep other kids safe but the main thing is you know do you lock your windows and doors if that little window that little latch would have been locked polly would be here today wow that's scary yeah it is scary. And, 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 and so i i faced that um i mean uh, I mean, Mike and 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 Pete, you got you both have girls. Mm. Have they done sl- sleep? I mean, Pete, your girls are adults now, and Mike. Yeah, and they do. The look. process of slowly letting go. Yeah. You, got, you do arm them with things. I used like I was brought up uh, very strict religious, and you don't swear and that sort of thing. And I didn't swear all through high school myself. Oh, but that. I told <laughs> after after reading the uh, John Douglas books, he said that one of the like talking about you know the the tendency to be polite and, and congenial to everyone. If if someone is threatening, if if you feel threatened and they ask you to do something you don't want to do, to use profanity. Profanity was a big tool to be very clear that no, f off, get mm-hmm. get the f away from me. Yeah, <laughs> and, very and, very and Australian. Because that's that's the time when you can let loose if someone is trying to if you feel like they're trying to manipulate you and they're not mm-hmm. listening to what you're saying. Exactly. Uh, That's so a good so point. that was that was one tool I remembered. And uh, that opened the floodgates for the girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Like they, they're allowed to swear now, yeah. Yes. No, well, it's, 
Yeah, look, it's just so it's it's frightening. I got to say, it's probably the only thing that really frightens me. Um, there's there's nothing else that, that and really... fear itself. Well, yeah, look, it's 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 just very very scary. Um, and and I've I don't know what to say about it anymore. Oh, I mean, you don't it's... need to say anything more. Look, I, I, we could talk about this for absolute we hours. Could. See, we and could. you even said you weren't one to talk about true crime. And there we go, we've pricked your bubble. There you go. No, I mean it's not that I'm not. It's not that I'm not there to talk about it. I mean it, it, it's 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 a fascinating topic, but you you just sort of sit there and you think this really shouldn't be a topic, you know. That this of just, course, of course, you know, you it shouldn't it be, be a nice topic. if everyone was nice. That's right. I would, I would love to be put out of business, believe yeah. me. Yeah. Gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure. It I definitely love Australia. Has. I love everybody from Australia. I visited there. Uh, about 10 years ago. It was fantastic. I, I can't wait to go back. So well, We can't wait to let anyone in or even get out ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, we'll have to wait a year or two probably. That's but right. Maybe someday we can meet up. I would love it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that would be awesome. We'll that do a, li- a live a live uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> live podcast, nice. You could, you could you, uh, Trisha, you can uh, come out and have some coffee. I would love it. Because I, I, I because I don't know what that brown swill that you guys serve in the <laughs> US is. Australia has great coffee. But it's not coffee, it, let me tell you. It'll be a public place, it'll be a public place, and you can bring a friend. And we're yes. not allowed to look at each other in the eye. No. Exactly. Those are, that's the, uh, that's the rules. Excellent. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys, Jeff, thank, thank Trisha again, and we will uh, get off, and we'll see you all in the next one. So thank you, Trisha. Thank you, Excellent. Trisha. Okay, see you in the next one. All right, see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.